This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Dearly beloved, hmm? we are gathered here today okay. to mourn the loss of two very important entities. The first being our integrity. <laughs> and the second. Rest in peace, our integrity. <laughs> is our moderator, Jacob A. Rogers. Oh, Jacob. That's we hardly cry. knew you. We hardly knew you. He's not going to listen to the show. <laughs> we can say whatever we want. Welcome to Vegas Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. I'm Dan. Dan? Hey, hey, wait, Dan. wait, wait. Dan from the candy show? Oh, yeah. That's going to confuse people. Yeah, it's different Dan. Yeah. You're a different Dan, right? Dan the movie man. Oh, you gave himself a name. Did you just give yourself a nickname? (laughs) Totally. Dan the movie man. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Farnsworth is here with us today. He's a friend of Kent's and we'd like to welcome on the show for purposes we'll get to here in a moment. Indeed. Uh, Also, Jake is dead. And (laughs) literally and metaphorically? I don't know. Yeah. But to uh, to you or for real? To me and for me. I don't know. <laughs> but we'd like to thank you for listening to our Office Etiquette show. It was interesting because people that listened to that seemed, at least in my opinion, I had Dave at work. He listened to it in pieces as he drove around. Yeah. And uh, whenever he would listen to a part, I'd know it because he'd come into my office and do something like yeah. sit on my desk and swing his Wasn't feet that around. the worst? <laughs> it was hilarious. People are like, I'm tapping you on the shoulder. Do you hate this? Do you hate this? I'm like, yes, I hate you. It's like when people know what you don't like, they like to exploit it. But Dave was doing it and all in fun. But it sounds like you had maybe some issues. I'm not, I can't say too much, but I will say that day the show came out, someone showed me their before and after picture, weight loss pictures in their underwear. And I should not be seeing that at work. Were the pictures in their underwear or were they in their underwear showing you pictures? Both. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Come in here. I need, a, I need to sing you a Britney Spears parody song and look at before I lost all this weight. Oh. Yeah. But no, we appreciate your feedback on that show. Uh, we also, uh, if you have ideas for future etiquette shows, feel free to send them our way. We keep a list Honestly, of them. Honestly, they're some of our favorites. Yeah, we do enjoy those. Yeah. But why, why is Dan here and Jacob not? Well, Jacob said he diagnosed himself with some... <laughs> laryngitis thing he said his epiglottis was opening and closing isn't that normal yes but he but when it happened he blacked out apparently and so he said if i talk tonight i'm going to black out and we're like maybe still come maybe still be on the show i think that would make for a great show (laughs) but uh, we wish we wish you well jacob if you listen to this and uh (laughs) but the reason we have brought dan here in fact uh, what are we talking about today what are we talking about today dan (laughs) michael bay movies there we go we we, we have brought Dan in because he's a true Michael Bay fan. Yes, I am. I'm now, not ashamed to admit it. If you haven't been on our social media, if you haven't uh, been on our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you don't, you're probably wondering why. Why are they talking about Michael Bay? It's your fault, listener. It really is. Because uh, in a Facebook Live video we did, we just said, hey, we're going to do this idea for a show where we have to defend something that, that might not be that good. Yes. And, and we got about 50 options, like a Nic- Nicolas Cage, Twilight. Nickelback. Nickelback, uh, Medea movies. And Hathaway. Yes. Like So we were having all these things that gen- people generally didn't like. We narrowed it down to two options, being Batman and Robin and Michael Bay movies. And the listener voted. And it was close. Really close. It was close. very close. I think, I think it actually was 50-50 on Twitter. But on Facebook, Michael Bay pulled ahead. Although I feel like people are confused because we did this as a joke, right? We're like, pick the worst one that we have to defend on the show. Yeah, make us uncomfortable. And so people were like, well, you, you definitely should do a Michael Bay show because Batman and Robin is indefensible. And I'm like, that's the point. Yeah. So there Vote may have been some other confusion one. in that regard. But so we might still have to do a Batman and Robin defense show. <sighs> well, and we'll see how this show goes, because the whole point is, is that Kent and I, 
who may not be as appreciative of Michael Bay are easy ob- there obligated. We're obligated to speak kindly of the man and his work. Work? Yes. His play. <laughs> okay. So going back to Dan, Dan commented and actually admitted to the world, which I thought was very brave of you. Very brave. It's 2018. <laughs> it's fine to finally be free and say, yep. I love Michael Bay. Yep. Oh, Let no, your what bay flag fly. <laughs> Let your bay flag fly. Let your bay flag fly. When jets are flying over you. <laughs> That's right. With American flag. But so, but, but, how, Yes. Well, I was going to say, let's get to know Dan a little bit. So you were going to ask a question. Yeah. So, so Dan, uh, what's, what's our history? Well, Kent and I have known each other for like 20 years. Yeah. Forever. Right. Uh, forever. Went to school together. And I used to work at a movie theater when I was in high school. And best job ever. It was the best job ever. I used to get Kent and a bunch of my friends into the movies every week for free. It was called uh, Movie Night. It was always on like a Wednesday or something when it wasn't busy at the movie theater. and. Mm-hmm bring as many friends as I wanted to, and we'd go watch all the movies. Was this something that the movie theater like sponsored, or was this more of a backdoor <laughs> it, operation? It was, a, it was a perk of working there, is I could get my friends in for free. There you go. Yeah, I started talking to Dan at school, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, you want to be friends? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I could get you in a free movie. He's like, okay. Isn't that, how you, isn't that how you make friends now? <laughs> yeah, <pretty laughs> Wait, I am Dan. <gasps> no, to be honest, though, Dan, you're the a student huge... student has influ- become the master. Exactly. You're a huge influence to me, though, because... Back in those days, I, Austin Powers was my favorite movie. <laughs> what? I my, how you've you changed, not. sir. And so Dan actually introduced me to film, like actual film. And I was like, I like two and a half star movies. I am a slack jawed yokel. Wait, so wait. Okay, I'm confused, nope. though, because you're saying that Dan here changed you into a film lover yes. instead of a slack jawed yokel. Yes. But Dan loves Michael Bay movies. Can't okay. he be both? Can't he be both? Okay, no los dos. <laughs> I think, Dan, you have devolved. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome no, to Zell. <laughs> but I actually referenced Dan in our first Soundtrack and Phil show, where I would go over to your house. I remember this was senior year or whatnot. Right. And you had widescreen. Or no, this was after that. You had widescreen DVDs. No, they were VHS because DVDs hadn't been invented. No, I mean like 2002, 2003. This oh, was okay. later on. He had widescreen, not full screen DVDs. I'm like, why would you get widescreen? Why do you want the black bars? And then in high school, he had movie scores. Movie <laughs> scores. And I'm like, dude, where's the Cable Guy soundtrack? He's like, actually, I just have the Braveheart score here. And I'm like, what a movie dork. <laughs> but he truly loved like the art of it. And it also taught me to appreciate everything that goes into a movie. And then somewhere, somewhere along the line, you kind of lost it, clearly. <laughs> Damn the movie man. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, we do appreciate having you here. In fact, Dan, hey, I like what I like. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to tell us about yourself, personal life, pin numbers, anything like that? Um, let's see. Pin I'm numbers. a Leo. And yeah. I don't know if people still do that. I, you don't hear that as often. You don't hear what's your sign anymore. I do it. I say, I tell people I'm a Gemini all the time. <laughs> I'm a Two-Face. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love movies. I worked at a movie theater in high school. Um, and then during college, I worked at Hollywood Video when that was still a thing. I remember when that was a thing. Yeah. Five days, including new releases. <laughs> Everything in the store is five days. That's right. I, I always remember the Bond ripoff of like, five days. Yeah. You'll always have five days. It was trying to be like a Bond opening. Isn't it funny that it was so revolutionary that you could keep a movie 
for five days. Who, who needs a movie for five days? <laughs> like it's like streaming has completely made that seem so weird. Where it's like, but wait, you you just held it and didn't watch it? You know they're counting on you just losing the movie after day four. And oh so yeah. they're like, you're just going to pay us nine hundred dollars. Oh man, you wouldn't believe some of the late fees people had. I like bet. I'm talking like nine hundred bucks. In Did late they have to fees. pay up when they closed down? They were there was a couple accounts that they were required to pay like ten dollars every every time they rented it's a financing. new movie. They have wow. financing a whole video? It wasn't even that. It was just like you can't keep renting and getting late fees because... I actually haven't gone to Top Hat Video in 20 years because I have a huge late fee there. <laughs> no. And they're still open. But Dan, so. we also have a couple questions for you. Okay. Because as you know, every time we have a guest here on the show, we like to grill them a bit and oh, see here we go. if they lean more Team Joel or Team Kent. So oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I've already insulted Dan on the show. <laughs> and he's already said before the show that he agrees with you quite a bit. But we shall see. Yes. Because you don't know which one's which. We're going to ask you a series of lightning round questions. Don't overthink it. Just say what comes to mind and we'll get through them very quickly and then judge you. <laughs> On your mark, set, go. Which is better, Karate Kid 1 or Karate Kid 2? Karate Kid 1. Yes. <laughs> okay, just read the questions. <laughs> which is worse, Star Wars Episode 1 or Star Wars Episode 2? I like them both. But which one's worse? Um, Dan the movie man, huh? Don't yeah. ever think it. <laughs> don't ever think it. It's because I love movies. All types of movies except horror movies because those are gross. Which is worse? Star Wars Episode 1. Yes. Uh, do you rate movies using stars or letter grades? Stars. Yes. Wow. Which is more Amer- which is the more America movie? Rocky Four or Independence Day? Rocky Four. Yes. <laughs> is Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? I would say Halloween. Yes. Buffy or X Files? Probably X Files, although yeah. I've never seen an episode of either. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Yikes. Stricken. Uh, yeah, we might have to edit that part out. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? That's not fair. No, but it's you tell me. It's the question, though. Cinematically, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Uh, which is more Christmassy, Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. Yes. People just don't know. This is going well. <laughs> uh, Phantom or Les Miserables? Les Mis. Okay. And Labyrinth or Never Ending Story? Never Ending Story. Dan, can I just say welcome to the show? <laughs> and Dan. here I was thinking I was I, uh, identified with Joel more. Dan the movie man, that, my kind of guy. Thanks for being here today. <laughs> BS quiz. <laughs> Wait. But don't favorite, worry. Rewatchability and favorite Star Wars over Lord of the Rings. Well, well I don't know if that's like it It's already, it's already uh, down there. I'm sorry. I, I can't do anything about it. So what we're going to do in this show is we are putting Michael Bay on the defense stand. He gets attacked. He is called the devil by many critics. Why? He's called Hitler by People? several actresses that have worked with him. <laughs> That's true. But we're not I'm here pretty to talk sure about he would bad. have killed Hitler if he made a movie about that. In the best way possible. Yeah. But uh, so we're here and Ken and I have kind of, you know, we're doing our best to speak nicely. Unironically, even. <laughs> Unironically. We're not going to be like... Oh, yeah, I love it when he did that slow motion with the explosion. It's like, we'll say, like, watch your tone. Like, when we're, we're going to have a cue here. If yes. we think each other is like, if we think he, each person is lying. If we start to get negative. Yes. Or if we're getting sarcastic, then we have a word. Yes. What's the word, Kent? Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> so if one of us starts leaning towards that way, because the whole point of the show is you chose a listener. We have to defend Michael Bay. <laughs> So, Joel, will you start us off with a little bit of history? A little bit of history. Not that uh, bad. Michael Benjamin Bay was born February 17th, 1965. He was raised Jewish, and as a boy, he donated his bar mitzvah money to an animal shelter. His mom was a child psychiatrist, <laughs> and his dad was a CPA. 
<laughs> this, these are the things I just kind of love. This it's just fun, interesting things. Michael Bay often traces his uh, action films, like his love for action films, back to when he used to light firecrackers on a toy train and uh, film it on an eight millimeter camera. <laughs> that makes so much sense. <laughs> it does he? His cousin Susan Bay is the widow of Star Trek actor Leonard Nimoy. What? Wow. So he's got a really, he's got a Star Trek connection there too. I'm surprised they didn't have him do the Star Trek movies because they love solar flares. <laughs> <laughs> was that a kaboom? That was, that was kind of, that was yeah, more, that was that more, was more of a bash on Jabram's slam. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then he went to film school. Uh, he actually, he, he majored in English and film, which I honestly felt a kin, a kinship to because I majored in film, or majored in English and minored in and film. And you were a pyro as a child. That too. <laughs> That's another thing. Now, Michael Bay actually, after this, he, he got to start doing um, commercials and music videos. Like he, he worked on uh, ads for Coca-Cola, Red Cross, and then he also did a lot of the Got Milk ad campaigns. Oh, are you? Oh, I wow. did not know that. That was him. And if you watch them again, you're like, they got the same kind of, you know, cinematic look that uh, fisheye lens and things like that. I don't know. It's, it's weird to look Is back. Is there at a low angle slow-mo 360 rotation? There could be. There should be. That was, that was my band's name in college, by the way. <laughs> Try to repeat that. Slow motion, low angle 360. Rotation. Rotation. I almost got it. <laughs> that was pretty good. We just call ourselves. You guys like, rocked. Oh, yeah. We were awesome. We, we mostly just played uh, percussion, but oh, <laughs> sure. It's like a stomp thing. But then he started, he, he also did ads for uh, Victoria's Secret, Lexus, Budweiser, Reebok, Mercedes-Benz, and Nike. This guy got a ton of awards for commercials because he's really good at propaganda. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and do you want to talk a little bit about the music videos You will he's like done? it. Yeah, well, we'll get into that because then he uh, he got his film, he got his start, I actually jumped ahead because he got a start in the film industry by doing storyboards for Raiders of the Lost Ark, which How we cool talked about that? in the Indiana Jones show. Uh, or not the Indiana Jones, the Steven Spielberg show. But he thought that it was going to be terrible. He, he, was, he was doing the storyboards and he's like, this movie's going to be terrible. And then he saw it and decided, no, this was good, and this is what I want to do. Film. Wait, so, which which Indiana Jones? Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He would have been like 16. So uh, Wikipedia, source of all knowledge can, and truth. We can blame Steven Spielberg for Michael Bay. In fact, I think we Kaboom! Should. Oh, oh, you yes. You cannot blame. This is a defense show. You like Michael Bay here. Oh. Okay. Do we have to go that far? Just because I oh, look like I, is in quotes. I'm saying if I'm a lawyer, I don't have to like the defendant. I just have to defend, have to defend the defendant. It's your job. Yeah, it's my job. Doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> uh, he also directed a bunch of music videos. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm talking big names here, like Donny Osmond, <laughs> um, Vanilla Ice, Richard Marks, Chicago Sticks, Young MC, Tina Turner, Lionel Richie, Meatloaf, Wilson Phillips, Faith Hill, and Aerosmith. And these were like major music videos too. These weren't just like B sides or anything. No, no, no. Like, they're, like it's pretty impressive some of the music videos that he's done. Yeah. So Michael Bay lives in Miami with his three Mastiffs: Rebel, Bumblebee, and Nitro Zeus. <laughs> and only one of those is named after a Transformer, I think. Yeah. yeah. Not Nitro Zeus, huh? No, they're actually. That was uh, the one I was. Rebel, thinking Nitro of. Zeus, not a band name. No, Rebel. Rebel is after. Uh, Rebel Wilson, I believe. Stop that. No, I'm I'm, I'm serious because she, no. she, she was in Pain and Gain. And then he named Bumblebee, obviously, after Bumblebee. And then I think Natural Zeus is a Transformer, if I remember right. Uh, I can Google it. I'm so thrown I don't know off by the, the Rebel Wilson thing. Yeah. Who well, if does you, that? If you had a Mastiff, Who would you have thought? Rebel Wilson? Actually, if I had a dog with weird eyes, I'd probably name it Rebel Wilson. Maybe he really likes the Pitch Perfect trilogy. Maybe. He probably does. He's probably a producer. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a producer on the first one, which is really entertaining. And finally, as a backstory, just to give you... Was uh, it? <laughs> an, an idea of who this man is. 
He owns a $50 million Gulfstream G550 jet, as well as a Bentley, a Range Rover, an Escalade, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, and two Camaros from the Transformer franchise. Do you think his Camaros transform? Because they should. They should. Mine would. But they don't. I mean, I th- he makes enough money that he can make that happen. Surprised he, he doesn't so like money. own Ferrari. He makes period. so much money yes. for making garbage. Kaboom! Gar- garbage. Hey, hey. No, garbage pill kids movies is it's what I was going to say. It's pronounced garbage. But Joel, as we know, as, as we'll find out, like Dan sitting across from you, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So let's get into this, shall we? We really have to do this. We're going to do this. <laughs> okay. I want to focus on what he does right, because yes, we can be glib about this. We can be smarmy about his career. You? Smarmy? <laughs> you? Glib? <laughs> At times. But I want to praise the man. Who brought us no, these movies? <laughs> no, praise. I can't. I can't. But you can if you try. G- give credit where you credit gotta try. Is due, yes, right? and that's exactly it. The points I want to bring up are things that he actually does well. And 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 once again, I just want to emphasize that Dan is a legitimate Michael Bay fan, self-professed fan. It's Un- true. Unironically, I I like Michael Bay movies, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Hi, Dan. <laughs> I'm Dan, and I like Michael Bay movies. <sighs> but yes, Kent has come up with some categories that we're going to talk about. We, we've decided that we can't just talk we can't, on we can't and on. just wing it. Because no, because uh, we, like if we were sitting here talking about like what we do with Tim Burton or Steven Spielberg, we could be like, oh, this movie, oh, that movie, right? But here we had to give ourselves some structure so we could talk, talk about specific things that he does well. I want to talk about Bayham. I want to talk about the spectacle of Michael Bay. Bayham. Bayhem is a thing, and it's it's kind of an art. I'm not even saying that ironically. There is a way of filming that is named after him because he is an auteur. And we've talked about auteur before. Mm. The definition of auteur, Joel, you know this is true. Let me read the definition. I know. I'm just having issues. Joel, kaboom. Be a little more positive, please. I, uh, bowel issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to go there? <laughs> I'm just having stomach issues. A, so an auteur, the definition is, a filmmaker whose personal influence and, art, and artistic control over a movie are so great that the filmmaker is regarded as the author of the movie. And we've seen this before. Like, for example, modern ones would be like Tarantino. Well, it, and yeah, it's like when you know when you see the movie, you're like, oh, this obviously is from so-and-so. Like a Tarantino, right. like a Wes Anderson, like it's a Tim Burton. A, it's a definite style. Yeah. Michael Bay isn't writing most of these movies. No, no, no. He rarely writes. But it's... They, Does he ever? Has he ever written a movie? I'll look it up. He actually has. Oh. You have that? No. But he unmistakably is known for this. Every Michael Bay movie, you know it's Michael Bay, and it seems like it was written by Do him. Do you? Yes. <laughs> I seem to recall a conversation just before we started, Kent, when you were talking about Con Air okay. being a Michael Bay movie. Actually, I think that's a, a true credit to the man that there are copycats of Michael Bay out there. You wait, you're calling, wait, okay, you're calling, uh, who directed Con Air? Simon, Simon West. West. You're calling Simon West a copycat of Michael Bay. Yes, and I think even later Tony Scott movies are kind of, they also steal the style of Michael Bay. There are similarities. I don't know if I would say steals. I truly think that, like, his style is one that people try to copy. In fact, even James Cameron said he tries to reverse engineer Michael Bay movies. Oh, James Cameron. That sounds like a slam. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> You're the positive one. I know. Man. I just, it seemed like a backhanded no, compliment. No, no. And what he, what he means is what like. What can I do that's the exact it's, opposite it's sh- of Michael it's, Bay? It's kind of weird to have the guy who has the two biggest films of all time, but he says Michael Bay movies are almost like such a surefire box office hit. We'll James Cameron. You're talking oh, okay. about. Yeah. yeah, James Cameron. But he talks about Michael Bay being such a success. He wishes he could just see the formula and rewrite it in his I way. See. Not that I hard. See. 
Sure. But All kaboom. right, you do it. Kaboom? That was a kaboom? It's a kaboom. This show's going to be so <sighs> full of kabooms. That was a kaboom. Um, well, here's the funny thing is I, I, I was looking at this and you're talking about James Cameron and, and how many movies. By the way, I looked and Michael Bay has not directed. Or excuse me. He's not written any of the movies that he's done. Okay. So no writing credits, okay. at least on IMDb. But the fact that oh, he, okay, so he has 57 directing credits on IMDb. Only 13 of those are feature films. Yeah, mostly music videos. Mostly music videos and short films and commercials and things like that. He's only been around since 95 directing feature films. Well, yeah, that's crazy. That's the weird thing about it. But the dude, we'll get into it. The dude can make money. Oh, yeah. Even with the small amount of fil- okay, actual films. Fist. But I want to get back into the like cinematography and, and the Bayhem. Because, for example... He does this, the parallax, Dan, which you described. The parallax? Yes, it's called parallax. Isn't that a character from Green Lantern? It actually <laughs> is. It's the big yellow cloud. <laughs> Nerd points. <laughs> but that's when the background is moving and the, car- the, the camera pans, background is moving, character stands still, but starts looking another way. The camera is below as well. So it's an erratic whip pan, so low it's angle circular pan. Low angle 360. And the world is swirling around, epically around the character. If you want to know a good example of this, it's bad boys. It's bad boys. Yes, when, bad boys. Uh, when Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are standing back to back and they're like got their guns out and the camera's just swirling around him in slow motion and they look I'll say it they look awesome yes totally it's and the a first very one cool when, they, when they after they crash the car yeah in the, in the very first bad boys and they stand up and it's that low angle Nicolas Cage does it in the rock yeah yeah, um, and they do it a lot. Basically, like, anytime a transformer transforms, it does it, it and it gives me the chills. Around. If someone can make Martin Lawrence look epic. Good on you. <laughs> like, that's worth no, I actually, saving this guy. Was I believe it was Will Smith on a talk show where he was talking about how when he was making that movie, uh, Michael Bay was having him, like, he had him, like, open his shirt as he was running, like, run with his shirt open. Okay. And I, I think it was something like he felt weird about it, but then... Uh, they got the shot. And he says that that's the hero shot. That's going to make you into that an action slow-mo star. Was super awesome. And it is like, that's the thing. It's like him, his shirt flapping in the wind as he's running. It's like, woo, Will Smith. Yeah. And, and he did. He, this was, remember bad boys was Will Smith's like first big motion picture. Right. This is before independence day before men in black. Mm-hmm. This really, I mean, this was yes. the first hundred million dollar Will Smith movie. Yes. He had fresh prints and he's well known from that, but this is a bit, his this big turned movie him into movies. an action star. Well done. Michael Bay. So also he's he's Michael Bay is obsessed with motion and commotion. We've seen this in every movie. And motion like, and commotion. It seems like it's getting, and I say worse, but maybe more plentiful would be the right thing. The the commotion in every shot. Yeah, he likes he likes visual noise. Yeah, so he fills mm-hmm. the frames with noise and activity, and he he moves the camera in a way that accentuates the chaos. In a way, it's almost like a first person shooter, but, but because it is creative, and you enter an action scene almost from the side. And you, you have to like walk through it as the action is happening. Very few other action directors, even today, in big budget movies, do this. They kind of just do a standard shot, right. and there's a, maybe a swirl. But the style this guy puts into each shot is purposeful. Right. It's, I feel like I'm writing a love letter to the it, guy. It's yeah. purposeful, but it also loses some in the chaos. Like, it just... Like in the Transformers, you can... Now, Joel, are you starting to rant? Because we can it's, rant later. We're, we're not, it's we're, easier we're to only follow a yes. Michael Bay Kaboom. action scene than a Jason Bourne action scene. Yes. Oh, exactly. Well, no, but so Michael or Bay... Or any scene in a, in a Jason Bourne movie. In fact, I'm going to go forward and say the editing in Michael Bay movies. I so, Sadly, this show really made me lose my integrity, which is why I did that intro, because I watched <laughs> Bad Boys 2 and The Island in the past few days. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I doing here? But at the same time, I'm like, the editing, this scene to scene... Is actually fantastic in these movies. Like he structures a, a scene and everything is purposeful. Like I said, 
But no, look, <laughs> there are negatives and we can get there. We'll get there. I but if I'm we're just waiting, it I'm, to a Bourne movie. I'm just waiting for our rant break. It's clean. It's very clean. And you, you can follow a scene and the scale is shown clean. Right. And he, he does. Uh, he does. These Kaboom, wide, Joel. He always does these wide shots just repeating what where, you said. where like the action is in one part of the screen. But it's a huge like panorama. Yeah, they don't. I mean, the camera's stationary, but there's background action moving, mm-hmm. and the the focus of the scene should be in the front. And there's I watched a YouTube video. I can't remember the the website, but it's by yeah Tony Zhao. Every frame is a painting, and it's what is Bayhem. It was a different Whoa. one. Was it? It was like why I don't do, want to reference it, it, it was, really it was a why do people like Michael Bay movies? And it was because he knows how to frame a shot. He does. Oh, he does. Like, well, okay. So looking at his music videos, you can see where he got this from. Cause music videos is all about making something look beautiful when it's just a person singing. <laughs> right. And so he's able to take these pictures and turn them into these kind of big moments. Yes. I feel like we're not talking about the biggest thing though. That the, he does well. The thing that Michael Bay does well and does a lot of, Ooh, ooh can I guess? Go for it. He makes stuff blow up real good. Explosions. <laughs> It's explosions. And, explosions. And it's just explosions. Explosions. <laughs> but I feel like you know, he does these huge fireball explosions. Like these aren't the realistic concussive wave, you know, just kind of shuddering things. This is like, this is a Hollywood explosion. Like when a car explodes on the rock, it's basically the, the gas tank has to be 50% of the car. Because <laughs> those things go up in a ball of flames. Like when the trolley runs over the Ferrari? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <sighs> But Kaboom! No, I, no, I, I was, I was and, and the no. trolley goes fifty feet vertical. Yes, <laughs> from a Ferrari. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to jump on that and say what he does well because everything is so CG. But the effects and the explosions he puts in, they're practical. They're practical. Yes. He does real, and you can Makes tell the real explosions. It does. You can feel the heat. It's like being in the backdraft. And that's why Universal Studios. This is yeah. me being positive. I'm not being ironic here. This is me being positive. He did a commercial for. Oh, was it DirecTV? Yes. But he's like, I'm Michael Bay, and I like everything awesome. <laughs> awesome barbecue, and he hits a button, and the barbecue yes, explodes. Yes, I remember that. Awesome pool, and he hits the button, and the pool blows up. He's in on the joke. And that's what I was like, bravo. You know, the, the fact that you can laugh at yourself in your giant mansion full of money is a great thing. <laughs> so explosions, camera work, editing. The guy can paint a scene, and he can paint an action scene in particular. Like, And I will agree with you. That Jason Bourne, those are quick cuts. Real, it's hard to tell who's fighting whom. It's just you know the cool things are happening. Right. Like you, you almost have to put it together in your head because it's so quick. Whereas Michael Bay, the way he does action, you're getting slow motion. You're getting really cool shots. You're getting maybe emotional high points as it's going yes. through. He's good at emotional high points. He I, knows what he 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 knows what he wants you to feel. And he makes you feel how he wants. So I have a quote from him, which actually he sums up his career, which he knows what his career is. And we'll get there. But he loves musicals. And he was talking about West Side Story. And he said, "What? And think about his career and his movies now as he says this. What I remember about this movie, West Side Story, is that you don't necessarily fall in love with the actors or the love story. It's more about the style and the dance and the energy and the amazing music. So he's saying the composition of the movie is more important than this Romeo and Juliet story that we've all seen before because it's so wonderfully America. put together. And you can tell, and I'm not... <laughs> I would Maria. love to see West Side Story directed by Michael Bay. Oh man, that would be sweet. <laughs> so would he. Oh. I think he cares less about the story and the characters and he wants to paint a picture that's going to bring you in and show you something that you'll never see in daily life. He, the guy... Chooses beautiful people or puts beautiful people in beautiful colors doing beautiful things. And I say that because 
you watch like the island and it's just i mean the movie is underrated that's it's, is underrated it's not, his it's his most underrated movie chosen but for his movie Geography. It's his. I'll get into movie. it. All right. All right. We'll get there. But do you have a whole uh, section dedicated to the island? <laughs> I kind of do. Okay. <laughs> but I, I just feel like it's a beautiful movie. Like you watch, you're like, wow, that is really cool looking. Like the one you'd want to watch on a 4K TV in Costco for a while and be like, ooh, that's pretty. Guys, can I rant? Okay, I'll read a rant. Okay, please. Two minute rant. Okay, go. Start the stopwatch. Unbelievable. Like, we talk about how he he frames shots, right? And you can tell what's going on in scenes. Like, we even compared it to Bourne. But when two gray Transformers are fighting each other, you don't know who's who. No. You don't care who's who. In the original cartoon, you could see where the parts were moving when a Transformer transformed. You could imagine how you would do it when you got the toy and were able to do it. But with Michael Bay, it's just this kind of mess of metal twisting around each other, and that's how they transform. There's no physics or logic involved. I, I do love the low angle camera whip, but you know what? When he does it every single movie, even in his quiet movies, like what's <laughs> the point? Someone is looking into the sunset and it's not a hero shot. It's the rock. Every shot is a hero out. shot with him. <laughs> every shot is he a hero can't shot. Help himself. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. He just can't help himself. It's just because that's all he knows. He's a music video director. This is all he knows. And it's awesome. No, this is rant time. This is my time. Oh, I'm sorry. This is my time this down is here. time, even though he hasn't been positive for one second. I have been. I talked about the commercial. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. <sighs> that felt good, Joel. It did. Finger boop? Finger boop. Boop, boop. That was a weird finger boop. Yeah, like we just kind of touched the sides of fingers on That's that one. Weird. It's tender. All right, Kent, what's our next defensive category that we have to defend Michael Bay on? He casts his movies incredibly well. He's worked with a lot of big actors and actresses. And they like to work with him. Some of them do. Oh, look, okay. Hey, Megan Fox liked it at the beginning, I guess. No, she I actually, think we all liked Megan Fox at the beginning. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was going to say something about the end, but I'm going to leave no. it there. Family friendly. <laughs> family friendly. I'll family friendly myself on that one. Megan Fox actually was really upset with him and then apologized, and then she was cast in Ninja Turtles later. So she knew she was speaking out of turn and kind of killed her career but on that did, one. He didn't direct Ninja Turtles. He, he produced it, though. Right, but he may not have been on set. So good casting. So I think he, he does stellar matches with his roles from lead to supporting characters. And he always has like a, a pretty face. But then he gets character actors to be in the background. Like John Turturro. John Turturro, John Voight. Uh, Steve Buscemi. David Morris. Steve Buscemi, Steve Buscemi for yeah. sure. Yeah. Michael um, Clark Duncan. Owen Wilson. James, Owen Wilson? Ba- James Badgedale. Oh, yeah. get him. I forget. Yeah, James Badgedale in 13 Hours. Wait, who's that? He was like the best friend of John Krasinski. But has he been in anything else? Yeah, he's been in... Iron Man 3. He was in Lone Ranger, Iron Man 3. He's the... He's also he's a character actor. Hmm. He was Francis, in the Pacific. If you saw the Pacific, yeah, he was like one of the main guys in that. Francis McDormand, Oscar winner. She was in Transformers: Age of Extinction. Yeah. No, yes. that's right. Oh, we got Anthony Hopkins too. So here's the thing. He all surrounds like he surrounds the pretty boys with unusual suspects, and they're just gifted. So for example, we have Nicolas Cage. He made Nicolas Cage cool for a little bit. He made him an action star and put him with Sean Connery. I know well, that, that, okay, awesome. that is that is cool casting, like way cool. It's like well, and it felt like and the action was, hero of the past meeting up with the action hero of the quote unquote future and putting them together and, yes. and this handing off the baton, and it worked. And the way Sean Connery, like you believed that he could have escaped Alcatraz. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's the song from Darby O'Gill? I don't oh, remember. She the is song. my dear, my darling. When her eyes are sparkling, full of fun. That one. Yes, I miss yeah. that so much. <laughs> but look, Armageddon. So Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Will Patton, uh, William Fitchner, Owen Wilson, Michael Clark Duncan, oh, Peter Stormare. He's a great character. That actor. cast was amazing. Is it Fitchner? 
Fichtner, I think. Huh. I always said Fincher for some reason. Yeah, I call it That's Fitchner. the director. We all, yeah. yes. Do we need to get into Pearl Harbor? Do we need to? <sighs> we need I to. like Pearl Harbor. Okay, so the thing is, Pearl Harbor starred Kate Beckinsale. Yes, it did. And we like Kate Beckinsale. We do. We, we love her. Love Kate I feel Beckinsale. like this is probably the movie where you guys discovered Kate Beckinsale. It's the movie where most people discovered her. Yeah, I would say, I didn't I would see say it. the majority. I didn't see it until a while after. So I actually ended up watching it because Kate Beckinsale was I in mean, it. like we talked about Much Ado About Nothing being, you know, a big oh, breakout yeah, movie for her. That one. But this is the movie where people noticed Kate Beckinsale. She yeah, did a few, did. few British films and whatnot. But I mean, that movie had like Michael Shannon, uh, Alec Baldwin, Cuba Gooding Jr. back when he was an actor, Jennifer Garner. <laughs> but I mean, like Transformers has Stanley Tucci, Kelsey Grammer, Anthony Hopkins, like we talked about. Anthony John Turturro, who is a great actor in a silly, silly role. And he's totally fine signing up for that because it's, he knows it's a Michael Bay movie. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. These great actors. Mm-hmm. What, what, do you want a kaboom? What's going on here? I'll wait, for, I'll wait for the rant break. Do you not think that he's good at casting we ensembles? just had one. I think he's, he, he's worked with a lot of people. <laughs> no, people that are willing to work with him. How many have you worked with? All of them. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk about who he helped launch the career of as far as like big movies go. Well, so Will Smith. Yeah, he, he yep. turned Will Smith into an action star. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Mm, I mean, launched he, his career. Well, I mean, uh, sorry, Kevin good, Smith no, is good, a Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting was a very, you know, breakout role for him. Yes. But between uh, Armageddon and uh, Pearl Harbor, Ben Affleck was in both of those. I think that kind of cemented oh. him as like this romantic yes. lead type. Shia LaBeouf. Definitely. Definitely Shia LaBeouf. Or should I say, no, 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 no. Exactly. Kate Beckinsale. And to a lesser extent. We, we cannot. We cannot. And to a much lesser extent, yeah, we have we have him to think about. Think Kate Beckinsale for. We do, Joel. Mm. The fact that she she was probably put in Underworld just because of the Pearl Harbor, and we should thank him for this. And then to a lesser extent, Megan Fox. Mm-hmm. Joel, I would, I would say he Megan Fox. He definitely made Megan Fox's so career. For, Megan for Fox example, is beautiful. I agree. One thing I have not talked about is <laughs> is Thirteen Hours. Yes, that's exactly what we said. Yeah, with Junkers and So Thirteen Hours was this ensemble of just uh, relatively unknown actors, except for a few like TV faces and except whatnot. Except for Roy and Jim. Yes, which was very interesting. But I went to ShowtimeShowdown.com and looked at my review of, of 13, Thirteen Hours. And one thing that I made it, and by the way, I actually really like the movie. Really <laughs> like it. It's well done. Like it, it really it liked it for you, or really liked it, it in general. Feel like a Michael Bay movie. My whole review is: I want to hate this. It's Michael Bay. Oh my gosh, this is a great movie. I give it a B plus. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Wow. But I said... That's fantastic. The success of 13 Hours is the overall use of the ensemble. Each ranger is important. Character development may not be key in this movie, because it's 13 Hours, because it's only shot in a few days after all, but what makes it work, work is each character has a purpose. It feels as if you're watching the relationship of a true brotherhood. And I feel like that's what Michael Bay was able to capture in that movie, if not, if but in no felt, other movie. But it didn't feel like a Michael Bay movie. It was much Except smaller. Except it did. Because it didn't. It was the, smaller. Because you're right. It is a smaller movie, and it was a lot more personal, mm-hmm. but the way it was shot was still very Michael Bay. In some parts. Like some parts, I was like, did he take the day off? A lot of explosions, a lot of lens flares and cameras filming from below. And some super cool (laughs) (laughs) slow-mo. Kaboom. That sounded sarcastic to me. No, that was like, for real. Dang it. Joel, you got Uh, some rants. Just do it. If if I may, please. I fully acknowledge that these movies are silly overall, but I like them. I think it's fun. And I'm there to be entertained. And he fills the ticket. 
We'll get we'll get into that. We'll, we will, but just before I, if for all my like right now, we're just casting all my comments where I agree that something is bad is because I'm not naive in that way. Yeah, it's completely other ways that I'm naive. <laughs> yeah, Joel, are we into our rant? Go. Okay, rant break. Okay, so the thing about Michael Bay is is that first of all, a lot of these people have have spoken out against him. Like Megan Fox did. Obviously, we talked about Kate Beckinsale talked about how he was a jerk to her and told her she needed to lose weight. In order to fill her how role. How dare you, Michael wow. Bay? I know. How dare you, so Michael it, Bay? So it gets me all bugged. And then like, I get sad. I get sad, Kent, when I see Anthony Hopkins and John Goodman as Transformers or in the Transformers movie. <laughs> but they're clearly having a time of their lives. No, they're not. They are. Anthony Hopkins, I think he was, he's, has a little he's, bit of dementia he's at a, this point. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. Did you see that role? I did. I did. I, okay. <laughs> well, I'll talk about it. But I, I, I saw that Transformers movie. Mr. Carson movie. the Butler from Downton Abbey. Oh, yes. it makes me sad. Actually, Every time I see these people slumming it up in the Transformers movie, I feel sad. I'll say this. I think he was great in the 90s at casting and I think now he's kind of lost the plot yes he gets big actors to do Transformers movies and that's all he's really done from the mid 2000s till now no but I wish he went back to getting someone like a Sean Connery do you know why people or are like doing the his cast movies though Armageddon, which was fantastic oh, yeah. do you know why you'll never get a he, cast like Armageddon never again he's getting do you know why he's getting these actors why because it's sure money it's a good paycheck because they know that going in. For into example it. like I will defend his money's green and cash is just the same yeah I, I will defend Megan Fox because I like her, but when she left the second movie, you know what he did? Shia LaBeouf needs a really hot girlfriend. I'm going to get a uh, Victoria's, Victoria's Secret, Secret model, model, and that will replace Megan Fox. I'm like, you're not really trying here no. to find an actress. Like, what are you doing? Well, she did a great job in that movie, didn't did she? she? I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see that one? No. We're going to do it. Do, we, do you want to rant about Shia LaBeouf? Because I will we'll say... get into in, it. In what are we waiting for? You can rant about, we're in, we're in period. You can rant about whatever you want. But I will say in the first movie, I liked him. I thought he was, he was great for the role. And then, wow, why did they make any other movie after that? But yeah. it's not all in Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. All right. Are we good? Rent over? Yeah, good. I feel better now. Okay. Every now and then, I just, it gets to the point where I just need to vent. You were like bottling up that entire last segment. <laughs> I did. That vein really comes out of your forehead when you do that, too. That's because of the Oreo shake. <laughs> <laughs> Next category, Ken. What are we talking about? Next section, I should say. The commercial success of Michael Bay. In this, we cannot dispute. He knows how to put butts in seats. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was the success in music videos that actually got Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, two producers, attention and got him to direct his first feature film, which was Bad Boys. A lot of people don't know that was his first feature film, and he hit it out of the park. It was good. On that first one. Except it, Taylor She's awful. What? Oh, that's my own thing. No, I, that was, I that actually was her really, heyday. No, I was going to say, I really like her in that movie. Oh, that was the worst part of that movie was Tia Leone. Kaboom. Kaboom. Be a little bit Defensive. more positive. <laughs> Come on, hey, Dan. I love the movie. Save it I for hated the rant. her. Save so it for the rant. The All movie right. cost $19 million to make. No way. Just $19 million. It made $141 million at the box office in the summer of and 1995. This is only the beginning of Bay. No, because then, th- th- okay. I'm so, calling him Bay, by the way. Yeah. But I th- my Bay, Michael Bay. Not to be confused <laughs> with Queen Bay. No, no, <laughs> but okay, so exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of people forget that his first three movies were legitimately good and very, very successful. Meaning his follow up film after Bad Boys was The Rock 1996. Now, yes, this is a cheesy action movie, but in 1996, that's what we wanted. And I'm sorry, cheesy action movies. it's a staple. It is a staple. And he made he, this one, you know, so Bad Boys is 19 million. This one, the production budget was 75 million. So this was. 
you know, substantially higher. Right. And more money for this that's one. That's a lot of, that's in 90s money, that's big money. But it also grossed over $335 million Ooh. to the box office. Yeah. So he got more money. Nine, 100 million was like the money. apex. Yes. That was the, that was the goal in the Isn't 90s was so 100 he's million. raking it in. And then he follows up with 1998's Armageddon, which was nominated for four Oscars. Oscars. Academy Awards were acknowledging wow. Michael Bay. Best sound, best visual effects, best sound editing, and best original song. And, and Armageddon went on to gross $553 million. Each movie is making substantially more than the one behind it. The guy was on fire. Then you get Pearl Harbor. Okay, 2001. 2001, you get Pearl Harbor. Also received four Academy Award nominations. Best sound, best visual effects, best sound editing. And it and won... Uh, best squinty eyes by Josh Hartnett. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I went to lucky number 11 on that one. Oh, okay. that one. Sure. Ooh, that's but, a good one. Uh, no, here's the thing. Is Pearl Harbor won best sound editing, making it Bay's first and only film to ever win an Oscar. Pearl Harbor won an Oscar. So did Suicide Squad. Does that mean it won it over like Lord of the Rings? Because weren't they the 2001, same year? 2001, probably so. What? Man, I'm going to have to look that up now. But it's sound editing, honestly. Take that, Lord of the Rings. I will say, wow. <laughs> Not that I don't Shame love Lord of the you. Rings. <laughs> I will actually say Pearl Harbor deserved it in that case for sound editing. No, the, okay. Okay. It, that movie did a lot of things no, right. No, it did one thing very right, and that was the attack sequence. That was thrilling. That was a very, very kind of amazing attack sequence. Yeah. Listen, I'm telling you, this Michael Bay movie isn't that bad. I will actually just keep moving because Bad Boys 2 is his next movie. It's 2003. It was made for $130 million, so a much bigger budget than the first movie, but it made $273 million. <laughs> And that's my least favorite Michael Bay. By the way. Yes. <laughs> so there were, apparently it's a new, it's a new category. Uh, well, no, it's not a new category. Is that the year they divided sound and put it to mixing and editing? Well, they just only have two nominees. What? So it's like makeup and hairstyling? It was Pearl Harbor... And Monsters, Inc. for best sound editing. Oh. <laughs> Are you looking at the Oscars website? I'm looking at, I'm looking at Wikipedia. No, Joel. The next, the next year. won that year. <laughs> <laughs> the next year, Lord of the Rings Two Towers won against Minority Port and Road to Perdition. But yeah, Pearl Harbor won over, over That's an Monsters easy win Inc. right there. Right. I guess. Okay, so Joel, I know you want to talk. The movie after Bad Boys 2 was? The Island. So, yeah. I, I didn't even have to look it up. I knew it. Dan, the I, movie man over here. <laughs> I, I can't say it until the rant section. Okay, The Island was made for $126 million, so also a big budget. This is his first flop. Yep. It made worldwide $162 million, which many people see it as a profit, Against but the, budget the studio of one, does not. Nope. 130, sorry, nope. 126 and 162. I think it made yes. like $60 million at the domestic box office. Yes, it did not make much here. Worldwide, it did a lot better. Yeah. And but that's not good like, enough. As we've said before, it usually needs to double the production budget for a movie to be considered successful. Yes. So, yeah. what You guys can talk about The Island. If we're, are we talking about The Island now? No, no, no. We'll get into it. Why, why, don't, you have well, your, the whole, why don't you have your quote-unquote rant? No, okay, yeah, we're, not through the section, we're not through the commercial success section yet. Because we get through there and then Transformers. Transformers. 2007. He teams up with Steven Spielberg yes, to produce Transformers, which, if you've forgotten, was based on a childhood cartoon from the 80s. When it says Hasbro up on the opening screen, you're like, huh? Yes. <laughs> Where am I? But Transformers. And then it transformed into that sweet logo. It, yeah, it did. And here, here's, here's what... Uh, Kaboom? No, because I, I want to say this. This is actually in defense of Michael Bay. 
People only think of him as the loud, noisy Transformers guy. But the truth is, you look at this, and with movies like Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, even Pearl Harbor and The Island, that's half of his movies right there and have nothing to do with Transformers. Nope. But yet we think of him as the loud, noisy Transformers guy because Transformers launched a franchise of terrible movies. Kaboom. I'm sorry, what was that? Nothing. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how much each of these movies made, Joel. I, I can get into that. I, I want to I just bring up this here. If, if I may quote Mr. Bay in defense of his movies is, it doesn't matter what you think because they'll make a billion dollars. It's true. His movies altogether have grossed him worldwide almost $7 billion. He's actually the youngest director ever to break the one billion mark. He is really? the third most uh, third commer- most commercially successful director in history. Do you guys want to give a guess as to who's number two and number one? Oh, James Cameron is number one. James Cameron's number one. Number two is Joss Whedon. So close. Who? Spielberg. Number one. Oh, okay, I'll just go through this. Okay. Number ten, Ridley Scott. Okay. Number nine, Christopher Columbus. Number eight, Tim wait, Burton. Wait. Yeah. Oh, that Chris Columbus. Yes, yes, oh, yeah. My goodness. <laughs> Harry Potter, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Christopher number, Columbus. Number eight, Tim Burton. Number seven, Robert Zemeckis. Number six, sense. Christopher Nolan Kent. Oh, yeah. Number five, David Yates, who did a lot of Harry Potters. Yes. Number, wow. I, I guess we probably should David clarify Yates what... So we should have clarified what all these people do, yes. but yeah. Number four, James Cameron. Oh, who, number four. Uh, Titanic and Avatar, two of the highest grossing in movies. the world. Right. That was the first movie to make a billion dollars. Number three, oh. Michael Bay. Number two, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings Makes series. Sense. Yeah. And number one, Steven Spielberg. I told you, Spielberg. Wow. Yeah. Like, he's he's seriously, I mean, he's only directed 13 movies. 13 movies, and he's made almost $7 billion. Okay, so you guys want to guess what Michael Bay's highest grossing movie is? I know it. Transformers so. Revenge of the Fallen. Oh, no. Uh, worldwide, it's probably The Last Night. No. You're close, though. Transformers Dark of the Moon, which was the fourth one? Yeah, uh, third one. Third one? Uh, 1.1 billion. 1.1 billion. Just that movie alone. Made for budget of 200 million. Yeah, for 195 million. His least successful, you want to guess that? Least monetarily successful. The Island? 13 hours. Only 69 million against the budget of 50 million. And Kent, did you know that he produced A Quiet Place? Yeah, he actually is. And that's Platinum Dunes is his his company. It's a pro and con. Platinum Dunes. They do basically a lot of horror remakes or something. Yeah, they're yeah, responsible they did, for all those crap fests. They, they, they did the Texas Chainsaw remake. Kaboom! <laughs> Actually, yes. On the plus side, they are responsible for the Texas Chainsaw remake. That's not a plus for me. I honestly think it is. The Jessica Bill one. And I like oh. that movie. I really like that movie. And A Quiet Place. Granted, they also did the Friday the 13th movie, which came out four years ago, which was terrible. And I would say they're one for ten as far as their movies go. <laughs> but A Quiet Place is one of my favorite movies of the year. Well, yes. And, and they're also Platinum Dunes financing that. And also speaking of John Krasinski, Platinum Dunes, Michael Bay's production company, is creating the Jack Ryan series on Amazon. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Wow, good job, John Krasinski. Tying your... Uh, John Krasinski. Yeah. So <sighs> it seems like you don't... When do you want to talk about the island? Because I want to talk about the island. Are we saving it? We're, we'll talk about the island. What, is that your least favorite no, 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 no. Can you, I, you don't know what the rant is yet. All right. Are but you ready for a rant? Do we have a rant break? Are we getting, oh, we're done with the section. Yes. Can we have a rant break? Rant break. Okay. So the rant break is this. The guy makes a ton of money, but I don't know who's going to see these movies because I don't like, okay, I've seen a lot of his movies. We'll get into that a little later on, uh, but I haven't, I've only seen the first and the last Transformers movies. I haven't seen any in the middle <laughs> because I find them to be tiresome and annoying and not the Transformers of my childhood. And I don't really know if I've seen the island. 
because I've seen parts the Clonus Horror from Mystery Science Theater. Yes. <laughs> and the island is a complete and utter ripoff of parts the Clonus Horror. And so I'm like, have I seen the entire movie or am I just piecing in parts of huh, parts of Clonus Horror into this other movie? So I don't even know. I don't even know if I've seen it because it's just pointless noise. Joel, you asked who sees these movies. I have three words for you. Slack jawed yokels. But we have also seen them, Kent. You've probably seen, seen all of them. I have seen all of these movies. Never happy about it. They are actually not screened for critics because, and I mean the Transformers movies. Because they're critic proof. Do they because, need to be? Uh, well, they're not critic proof anymore because the third and fourth movie made $1.1 billion each. The last night only made just about $600 Because million. it was awful. But here's the thing. Michael Bay is still a big success, even though Pain and Gain didn't, didn't make very much money. That was also, it's kind of like an indie movie for him, which was kind of right. weird. But he is not making the movie. He's the money he used to make, even though he's trying to go for an international audience. He, but he's he so panders in his Transformers movies to China, hoping to make oh, a ton of money. Oh, totally, totally. Yes. But we can get into that in our next section, in okay. our next rant, in the next yes. section. Okay, what's the next section? The next section is okay, back to defense. Back to defense. In defense of this guy, he knows his audience. He's totally. in on the joke, and he knows his audience. Oh can yeah. I, can I read a quote here? Absolutely. So they were asking him about uh, how why he's you know poorly received by critics and he's often his name is like pejorative like the Nickelback of directors kind of thing like that right and uh, he responded by saying I make movies for teenage boys oh dear what a crime <laughs> great <laughs> because I'm telling you what as a teenage boy The Rock was awesome yeah absolutely and it was so much fun Bad Boys was so much fun although I saw that one as an adult. And I wonder if it's if I were a teenage boy now, if I would be liking these Transformer movies. You would. Because like you I said, would. I, I didn't see two, three, or four. How many are there? There are five. Yeah, I didn't see two, three, or four. Well, here's the thing. I think he's he's running off of fumes in the Transformers series. Dan, I don't know if you'd agree with this or not. I, I would. But I will say Transformers 1. I was 26 when I saw that movie, and I said, wow, how dumb. Yes, I wanted to see this movie when I was 10, but it's 2007 and I don't care. And then I saw the movie and I was like, wow, uh, good job, Michael Bay. I had no idea a Transformers movie could be good. Granted, the replayability hasn't really lasted, but I really, it's the best Transformers movie by far. Right. Which one? Transformers The first one. one. Oh. Which is easy to say, obviously. But he actually, he has a great formula in that movie of comedy, which is sometimes inappropriate, but mm. it, it's funny. The action is cool. You mean juvenile? It's juvenile, yes. Kaboom, but Kent. he they, knows his audience. That's captured, what we're getting back to. I think he really captured the wonder of like, what if your car could do that? And he showed us scenes of I'm Transformers. Okay with that, but I don't. I never wondered what a car looks like when it pees on something. See, no, obviously, hey, in defense kaboom? of kaboom. No, it's it's lame. Like we can just agree that's lame, right? No, we can't. We're defending the guy. Kaboom. But you see the a Camaro and Mustang fight. In this movie, and you're like, they race and fight. And I like, saw that at the demolition derby. No, they don't. They weren't standing robots. up on two legs. The Weaver County one, they do. <laughs> and he made, and whether it's teenage boys or 10 year olds, he made Optimus Prime real. He put in real sound effects. He made this for fans of Transformers. And, and he, he made the genius move of having Peter Cullen voice him. Yes. That, yes. Everything he said, no. That, yes. No, I, I'm <laughs> sorry. He gave us the sounds, he gave us the canon, he gave us. All he the did mythology not give us the sounds. Yes, he did. Oh yeah, no, the, no, no. Oh, 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 that is he in every movie. No, no. It's but he like, put it's it like in once. there and it made it's like it awesome. once. Mm, I've heard it three times at least in each movie. Yes. Mm-mm. Joel, come on. Watch it with headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Kaboom! 
Stop it. You're not the prosecution here. You're a defense lawyer and you're doing a terrible job. That's why I didn't go into law. (laughs) Joel, this is not a versus show. We're trying to help him out here. I know. I'm sorry. There's a firing squad just outside. He, the guy, no, no, it's the rigged guy, with extra no, explosions. No, look, you, if you're a Transformers fan, in fact, I talked to Blake Densley, Blake's Barbershop, by the way, and he is a huge Transformers fan. Granted, he's a little disappointed. Wait, original cartoon Transformers fan? Cartoon comics, continuing stories and novelizations, right? But he says, for what you wanted to see, uh, and you never cared about the people in the Transformers cartoon, you just want to see the robots fighting and punching each other. And this movie is that. With juvenile humor, but it is exactly what you want. And that's why this series is so successful. And he gave it the like the scale, so like you feel so tiny. Seeing seeing how tall the robots were next to the humans, it was cool. Joel, before you rant, it because you're cool. about to explode. Another quote he, he says: is, "That vein's popping again." Uh, critics came after him for the Transformers movies, and he says, "I really, really don't care." <laughs> for instance, that's what I was mentioning earlier. Yes. For instance, you look at the box office returns, break it down, and you see that 120 million people went to see Transformers 3. So you know, 500 critics are not going to take the fun out of it for me. I make movies for people. I make movies for audiences to enjoy. A few sour apples are not going to spoil my fun. As a yeah. critic, I'm like, I take a little bit of offense to, at that. It's but funny, he though. knows that he doesn't need me. No, it's funny. It's funny that he is. Like, he's like, I don't care what the critics say. Like, he, he feels like one of those uh, jocks that kind of is like, I know, you know, I'm hot stuff. I don't care what you say. Right. In fact, he was a jock in Mystery Men. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, I don't. No. Yeah. When they're meeting around the table in Mystery Men, he's the group of the jocks that's in there. Is, uh, Makes sense. Oh, Frankenstein Casanova is like giving his evil plot. <laughs> But the, you talked about formulas, Kent, and he knows his formulas. Yes. He knows he's going to do the slow motion shot. He knows he's going to do the big explosion. He knows he's going to have the beautiful women and the beautiful men doing beautiful things. And he knows that's what works and that's what people want. That's what those right. people want to see. So he knows his audience. Yes. And it's teenage boys. And I'm sorry. We are in a culture now where there's a big blockbuster every month and they are pandering to the lowest common denominator. And I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, people want to see the same sort of formula. And that's what they're going to pay to see a billion dollars for Avengers it's for. much like the romantic I think he comedies. paved the way for, for Marvel movies. I truly agree with that. And so people know the Kaboom. kind of... Kaboom. No, it's not ironic. Coming from you, that's a dig. No, it's not. Coming from Marvel you, has a, a Look formula. in his eyes, it's real. No, no, Marvel has a formula that works. And I think they borrowed it from Michael Bay. Kaboom. That's, actually, I'm going to kaboom myself on yeah, that kaboom. one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, like, I think... I think Okay, actually, nope, I have a, that's my rant. I don't want to get into that unless I rant. Let's just rant then. We're done with this section. He's ruined blockbusters. You think he has? I think he's dumbing down blockbusters to the point where people expect good. When good comes out, they're like, I cried at the end of this movie because it's good. It's not great. You got good and it was better than Michael Bay. So big freaking deal. <laughs> I think he people would like his movies better if he had better screenwriters. Don't blame the writers. I will. Okay, but Michael I'm Bay. not saying that they're all to so, blame, but they're, I think a, a good script, like you like the first Transformers because it was about a boy in his car, right? Yes, Everybody remembers right. their first car. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> what if my first car my was, was like a super old Corvette? Or, and then it turned into an awesome Transformer. Mine's a Ford Aerostar. <laughs> right. Nice. Mine's a Toyota Tercel. 81 <laughs> Cadillac Fleetwood with nice. a velvet interior. What if that transformed? Exactly. Mine would still be a piece of HUD. Okay, we're <laughs> ranting though. We're not being nostalgic here. No, no, no. Okay, so you can't blame it on the writers because Michael Bay is known for these, what they call high concept movies, which means it can be explained very simply. Like you can just do it in one sentence, tell you what the whole movie's about, as opposed to like low concept movies where it's much more intricate and it's about character development. 
but I, oh man, Kent, Transformers fans do not like Transformers movies because they took our childhood and they messed it up. I don't want to see Optimus Prime's face. I want to see a face shield the entire time. That's Optimus Prime. I don't want to see Optimus Prime's lips. That's just weird. <laughs> All right? This was a terrible, terrible franchise, and that's why Not I've only seen the first one. Fan agrees with you, and Joel. the only reason I watched the last one is because Clearplay asked me to review it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched any since the first one. See, you went from like the best Transformers yeah, movie to the and bottom of the barrel. That one really is the the least. It's, it's got so amazing effects, but bad. it was it was. It was not good. I actually think that uh, Michael Bay's biggest flop was The Island because he didn't make it for the audience he normally makes movies for. Who did he make a, it for? It was a high concept movie with plot twists. It was. And it was sure stylized and it looked like a Michael Bay movie and there's a fantastic car chase. Man, that freeway chase scene is awesome. We'll talk about that. But he did not make that for teenage boys. He, he no, gave that us, goes over their heads he for gave sure. Us, he gave us a Matrix type movie. But it's and still... that's why, honestly, people weren't familiar and they weren't comfortable with it. <sighs> Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, I'm, I'm, I just. You want to, you want to argue about Transformers a little bit more? No, that felt good to get that out. Because <laughs> you were bottling that up like crazy. Just because it drives me nuts. Because I, like when you were sitting there going, "Oh yeah, Transformers fans, they love the Transformers movies." I'm like, don't they? I, don't. I didn't say love. I say they are appreciative. You said they want to marry and have the Transformer babies. <laughs> they are appreciative of what he took from the comics and the cartoon and brought it into the movies. Because mm. look at video game movies; they change everything, and then fans are never satisfied, and then general audiences aren't satisfied. Michael Bay has the perfect rhythm to and bring nobody them all goes together. to see video game movies. Yes, no, exactly. True. But Michael We're Bay has positivity. Anyway, okay, what's the next section, Kent? I mean, it's this is kind of like we can talk about like the, our favorite scenes or our favorite Michael Bay movies. This, I know this, you this haven't the, seen them all. No, this, all the Michael is, Bay movies. This is he knows how to make a good movie. Sometimes is this section is what you said. <laughs> yeah. So back to the fence mode. Uh, movies I've seen. I've seen Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys Two, The Island, maybe. Transformers, 13 Hours, and Transformers Last Night. I, the ones I haven't seen, which surprised me. I thought they made a ton of movies, first of all. Right. The only ones I haven't seen is Pain and Gain, which was based on a true story right. about uh, criminals in Florida or something like that. Yeah. And then Transformers 2, 3, or 4. So, like, basically a Transformers franchise I'm weak on, and then his one random one-off movie. Everything else of his I've seen. The ones I actually like, like legitimately like, The Rock... Bad Boys, 13 Hours, and Armageddon. And even Armageddon's pushing it. I, I was more of a deep impact kind of guy. What? I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, I, those are ones I legitimately like and I legitimately think are fun action movies that may not be deep thinkers, but they're fun action movies. It's funny, movies. though. You're talking about his 90s movies at this point. Yes. The first five years of his career. Yes. So, Dan, what about you? Have you seen them all? I've seen all of them except for Pain and Gain. Not really worth saying, by the way. It is it's not yeah, a good I, movie. Even I, though Michael Bay named his dog after Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson in the movie. <laughs> For that reason, I should love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have like a top three, top five? 13 Hours is definitely in the top there. Like number I, one? Mm, the Rock is number one. Because okay. I only borrowed your Humvee. <laughs> that, I like that movie so much. I went to San Francisco on my honeymoon. We watched that movie. Yeah. <laughs> On your honeymoon. Love you, honey. <laughs> On your honeymoon. Uh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Little bits of Dan uh, trivia. So I watched The Rock on TV uh, with with the edits. Okay. And yep. there were so many fun edits when it was just like, that's obviously not what they were saying because they were <laughs> cutting things right. out. <laughs> Winners say they'll try. Losers stay home and date the prom queen. <laughs> that's what it said. That's what it said. I remember it saying date. It said date. <laughs> 
definitely the island is the most underrated yes. and underappreciated. Okay. It's better. It's better than you think it is. Even though Joel hasn't actually taken the time to I, see it, I'm I'm seventy five percent sure I've seen it because there's certain <laughs> things I'm like I wouldn't have seen Joel, that. In the let previous. me sell it to you. Gorgeous Scarlett Johansson. You, yes. you, you never say that. Definitely. Uh, That's you, where that and in uh, Michael Clark in Duncan. Good Company are yes. the two movies I fell in love with Scarlett Johansson. You and McGregor does a great job in this movie. It is definitely borrowing things from every other movie. But it's it's a ripoff of parts of the Clonus Horror from Mystery yes. Science Theater, and the, the even the action is a ripoff from Bad Boys Two. But it's still a spectacle. I watched this the other night, and it has like Sean Bean in the movie as the yes. obvious villain, mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi in a scene stealing role. Like it is a fun movie. I think I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. <laughs> like for me, it would go uh, number five. Transformers. Actually, I think semi highly of that movie compared yeah. to the rest of his filmography. Then Armageddon. Then The Island. You put it that high. Yes. Wow. Then 13 Hours, which I think is a very good movie. It's and then, a very straightforward drama, too. It doesn't feel like an action. Yes. And The Rock, which is... I think of The Rock the same way I do Die Hard. Like It's almost like a perfect action movie for its time. Yes. It was. Yes. Like, honestly, it's so... It's so tight. It's so funny and ridiculous, but man, it is just the pacing. Yes. The whole time you're just riding along with him, you're like, this is awesome. And Ed Harris... Oh yeah! Oh so man, good. he was so good. And Ed that. Harris is the as the he, villain. He was the first villain that wasn't that bad. Yeah, right. it's like he's got he's he, got good that's motivations. That's the first time I ever remember seeing that trope of like you know it's it's the uh, villain with a cause essentially. Yes, like he yeah. believes it's, in uh, what he's doing. He doesn't. What's his name from Infinity War? Thanos. The Thanos. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanos already. ripped <laughs> off Ed Harris from The Rock. Kind of yeah, but it's that it's that whole he, he believes he's in the right. Right. And I enjoy it. And he doesn't really want to kill anybody. Do you guys have any favorite scenes from these movies we've talked about? Yes, I have my top five. You you asked me to do top five scenes, so I'm going to do my top five scenes. My number five is Meatloaf, I Would Do Anything for Love. (laughs) Which he directed. He directed that music video. He directed That was Michael Bay. No way. And I was actually really, like it was one of those music videos as a kid. I was like, what the heck is going on? But it stuck with me. So that's my number five. Because he would do that. My number four is the rock car chase scene when he uh, steals the Humvee and uh, the Ferrari awesome. and he comes flying out of the dealership and there's the trolley car and there's explosions. That car chase scene, that's right up there with like the Matrix uh, reloaded car oh, chase scene, so which good. is like just I don't know fun. That, that Matrix one is the best. No, I'm not saying it's best. I'm, I'm, I just compare I, those two as like a great dude, car I chase I actually scenes. love the Matrix reloaded car chase scene. I, like I how, do too. Like I like that's, how we're very quick to add car chase scene on the end of there. Yeah. So I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like the movie. Car chasing. Uh, number three would be the spinning camera bad boys moment scene when it's like yeah. they get out of the car, they got the guns, it's spinning around. It's like, ooh, this is a cool movie. I like, like how my scenes are like shots, basically. Yeah. Uh, my number two would be the rock finale with the green glass ball rolling and him trying to grab it, jabbing himself with the syringe, yes. waving the flares in the air. the jets are coming in to drop the bombs. Yes. yes. Like, and then it and blows he, him off. It barely doesn't scene. get napalmed. Yeah. Like that, it's really thrilling. That whole part is just really fun to watch. And then my number one. I hope we agree. Any guesses? I don't want to ruin mine, so I want, just want to know. My number one is the, we, we should have gone five, five, four, four, three, three, yes. two, one, but okay, I'll do mine. My Actually, number, no, save it. Save it. Okay. Okay. Because I want to go. Okay. I want to go. All right. So uh, I, lo- I really love his car chases. I did not include The Rocks, but I did Bad Boys 2. Okay. 
It is a fantastic car chase where they are dropping cars and boats off of a trailer. <laughs> That's right. And Martin Lawrence is like, are you seeing this? Will Smith is like, they're dropping cars on the freeway. Of course I'm seeing this. And there's some language there, but I'm going to keep it clean. Also, from Pearl Harbor, the sinking of the Oklahoma and Arizona. Ooh, I should have that put first that on bomb there. Coming Follow the bomb. It, yes. Dang it. I, yes. I, compl- I completely and blocked it And Michael Bay even described that. He's like... I'm going to put the camera where someone shouldn't believe where a camera could ever follow in real life, but I'm going to put someone there following the bomb. I'm the, replacing the way it raised out of the water on that first explosion. Oh, it gets enough to give you chills. Yes. I'm uh, I'm going to insert that at number three for me, which means meatloaf, you're bumped off the top five. Oh, Sorry. A shame. He would do anything. But not, that. not that. Not that. Um, and then following the highway car chase from the island, it's very similar to yeah, Bad the, Boys That's too. a motorcycle, right? Uh, that's they followed. That's the end a little bit. Oh, okay. but they drop these giant like rolling weights. They're like axles. Yes, yeah, axles for like a tank or something. And I have ca- seen it. The two characters in that uh, they're so innocent that he doesn't really know what he's doing. That he's causing all this mayhem and death. But that's also Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> Michael Bay causes mayhem and death. I'm yes, mayhem. <laughs> I'm gonna say this: a Transformers movie has one of the best. Michael Bay scenes. It's Transformers three. There, oh. Joel. This is going to sound so stupid, but there is it a, already does. There's a snake. <laughs> there's a snake robot. Defense. And so Shia LaBeouf and all his buddies are in a building, and a snake robot is tearing the building apart as they're in it. Oh yeah. And the building falls, and and as it's falling, you see these people sliding through all these office cubicles and barely surviving. Of course, it's a Michael Bay movie, so they have to. But it's an hour long war scene, and it's this one stands out because it's terrifying. Just the building falling, falling, and you being part of it. Okay. The number one? Do we pick the same? We couldn't have picked the same thing. You're not an emotional person. This is an emotional scene. Oh, is it, is it Armageddon? You picked Armageddon. It's going to be Bruce uh, Willis. You picked Armageddon. Armageddon. It is. It's Armageddon, the explosion. It's That's a great scene. Did you pick that as your number one? I did not. Okay, so I'll go first then because I just told it. Mine is the scene, and I've mentioned this on, on Bacon Cell before, but it's the scene when uh, Bruce Willis uh, ends up pushing the button to detonate the bomb on the meteor, and instead of showing this big, giant explosion in that moment... It flashes back to his life before his eyes, and he sees him with his daughter, and it's just this emotional scene where I was like, am I getting emotional in an action movie? And it got me. Yeah. And you see Liv Tyler reacting to her her dad, you know, being exploded and saving the world, sacrificing himself for them. I had to give that my number one because it's one of the scenes when I went, that legitimately is drama. Like, it's not a spectacle. Liv Tyler's a good actress. She is. She Sometimes. sold that. Like when she's, she's like, she did. right before he pisses, no. pushes the button. She's great. And she in that says, thing you do. and they say goodbye. That was like where it's oh. the emotional. And like, actually, dad, no. But what'd you choose for your number one? Not as great as Michael Bay's best scene of all time. Let's hear it. Which is truly emotional and very formative for me. When Megan Fox is leaning over the hood. <laughs> I knew it was going to be something Kaboom! like that. Kaboom! I kid you not. This is Michael Bay's best filmed scene. No, no, this can't be your number one. It is my number one. She, I didn't actually write it there. But you did it. not. It's not on there. It's a rewrite, Joel. It's not. <laughs> my notes What's back. actually written on there? Highway car chase, car chasing the island. Yeah, come on. That was number one, and he changed it no, the no, last no. minute. No, no, no. They're not ranked. You can't say Megan Fox. That's not I'm sorry. Scene. No, no, no. When that happened... You she, can't perv out on the end of Bacon Sale. <laughs> she became... A he was mega, probably invisible. She became... Yes. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> she became a megastar from that introductory scene. That was the Bad Boys 2 hero shot, her leaning over the car hood and knowing how to fix a car. I'm not even that was the this. That was the shot that solidified it all for 15 and 16-year-old boys. And 26-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like dumbfounded. Oh, I think I saw that with my girlfriend at family the time. Family friendly. Do I have to family friendly this whole last no, bullet point? It's, it's just, no. 
<laughs> Maybe. But kaboom. I. Kaboom. Well, kaboom. No, went, stop. Kaboom went my heart. Okay. Oh, it's so, terrible. It's less racy than the sequel. Yes. Which I then he where, where he, he supposedly cheats on Megan Fox. It's really dumb. Oh. Anyways, I don't think we need to rant there because those that are was just awful. good scenes that he's actually. Yeah, that, that's legitimate. Like we're not being ironic there. Like if you haven't seen those movies, like uh, we've been talking about The Rock for so long. If right. you haven't seen it, look it up if you like action movies because it is it is nonstop fun. Yes, and Bad Boys Two also a lot of fun. So like those are the two that I think we could probably recommend with no hesitation. And so, thir- thirteen hours too. We've already yes, talked about thirteen that hours. I want to talk about the influence on Michael Bay real quick. I'll go through these quickly. The Bayfluence. The ooh Bayfluence. <laughs> I like that. So. Wally Feister, who is Christopher Nolan's cinematographer on most of his movies. Nerd alert! He was talking about Christopher Nolan in an interview, and they said, are, are you guys very similar with your movie tastes? He was talking about Christopher Nolan? Yes, yeah, so he Bay. talked about Christopher Nolan. Okay. And he said, in quotes, There are the movies out there that he loves, and I hate. I'm not a big Michael Bay fan. Chris loves Michael Bay's movies. Mm-hmm. And Attaboy, so, Chris. And so I'm always like, come on, dude. But he sees something in it, and I don't see it. And I saw this, and I'm like... Oh, Kent oh. loves Michael Bay now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron, he says, I've studied his films and reverse engineered his shooting style. He loves what I call the big train set. Huge physical production, just as I do. It is the most challenging type of filmmaking, and he does it gorgeously. James Cameron. Ben Affleck, who has won a Best Director Award. And he's a director, he's a writer. He has he's not won a Best Director Oscar. He did? He did. He no, did. it was Best Writing. He didn't win No, it. no, he did. He or won Argo. a... Oh, best he picture. He didn't win best director that didn't year. He, he was not picture? nominated. Ang Lee won it for Life of Pi. That's right. Listen, he wasn't nominated, and that was like the listen, scandal. Dan the movie man. <laughs> but he is a great director. This is what I do in my car when I listen to the podcast. Right. I correct you guys. And actually, actually everyone does that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ben Affleck says, I think Michael is actually an auteur. In the so tr- Ben Affleck, best actress winner. Go <laughs> ahead. In, in the true sense of the word, every movie he makes reflects his personal creative vision. You may like it, you may not, but those movies are him without compromise. There's something to be said for sticking to your guns moving on steven spielberg he has the best eye for multiple levels of pure visual adrenaline yep right and i mean that's kind of a backhand i'll agree with steve george no here's the thing george lucas this is the weirdest backhand he says michael's films are immediately identifiable (laughs) (laughs) all right so and there's a few actors and, and writers he's worked with but i think like those are premier directors saying look you may love him you may hate him but Michael Bay's movies are his movies. They will never but if be I, I vanilla. So here's the quote. It was from a, an article in Variety. I don't remember the guy who said it, but he says, there are a million hacks in Hollywood, but there's only one Michael Bay. <laughs> yes. Or James you know Cameron what? or Simon West. And then or if Tony I might Scott. add, love him or hate him, the guy has got his style and it's... It's perfect. I, I guess I must never have matured past 15 or 16 <laughs> when he started making these movies and I started lo- watching them. You let, you, but, but I love them. And yet you launched the good ship Kenty Pop because... <laughs> what? I do, I do appreciate an awesome period piece or a British drama. I, I like all kinds of movies. And so, I, I think there's no harm in enjoying a good popcorn flick. These are movies for it, dads and I'm a dad now. No, so. much, much like when you eat, you can't eat only vegetables. <laughs> you can't eat. But I'm, can't I'm saying eat filet mignon. No, no, I'm saying you can't meal. you can't eat really, you know, a delicious health. You can't eat kale every meal, you know? Have some junk food occasionally. Right. It's fine. But as long as you have a well-balanced diet of films, as long yes. as you, you like well-rounded well interests, you'll be fine. If you have no heart and no soul and can't get into any sort of popcorn flicks or Marvel movies or anything kind of comedies, <laughs> you may want to seek a therapist. <laughs> I have been. <laughs> 
So this is a safe space. What would it take for you guys? Oh, Dan, you're already a fan. Yes. Joel and I are not fans, but tonight we've really, really tried. But what would you like to see in the future from this guy? That, that's what I want to bring to, up. To though. win you over. Or Dan, what would you like to see continue? Uh, that, that's what I want to bring up. Though. Joel, you first. Well, I just want to bring this up because I don't think he deserves as bad of a reputation as he has. Because I think the yes, bad reputation is true. entirely earned from the Transformers franchise. Do you think if he stopped with three that he'd be in a, seen in a better light? Maybe because four and five yes. honestly it seemed like more of more of a two was not 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 that great. No, two is awful. It's, it's my least favorite. If I may put it in this way, Johnny Depp was known for being a pretty good actor for a long time. There. Yeah, the nineties were great for him. And then he got stuck in a role in a rut in a role. He was Jack Sparrow, and then he right. was never able to not be Jack Sparrow. And then each time you saw Jack Sparrow in another movie, it's like, oh, it's it's not as funny this time. Right. Oh, it's not the as funny The novelty this time. wore off for Johnny Depp. And but that's what I feel pirate. like Michael Bay and much like uh, Freddy Krueger or uh, Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. it, they started out one way and then they became kind of parodies of themselves and they became a joke because of what they'd become. Yes. I feel it's the same with Michael Bay because you look at his early bodies of work. He was really trying to do something there and succeeding. And then he got stuck in this Transformers rut. And so what I think he needs to do to regain credibility is never make another Transformers movie again. Not be attached to any, let him die. And then I think he can regain a lot of credibility and make different movies. And like, I'm sorry that Pain and Gain didn't make the money you wanted to or 13 Hours didn't make the money you wanted to. But try, Mikey, try. I uh, I think you're right. I think as much as I would hate to see it, he should hand over the reins. He can still produce and everything, but no, hand over the reins. They need to go away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Kaboom. Okay. Even if you never make another Transformers movie, no, Michael Bay shouldn't make another he Transformers movie. He said he's movies. done. He said that for really, I, it seems like I read, he's like, Oh, I got six more movies at least. He will produce them. Uh, in fact, Bumblebee's coming out at the end of this yes, year. He is not yes. directing it. And I think that's a good sign. In fact, that is a he's good booked sign. for two more movies, one called Six Underground, which, which not about? much is known. Hmm. But he's also doing a movie which is based on a very popular book called Robopocalypse. This is, <laughs> Spielberg was going to do that at yes, one point. It's Spielberg passed it. Is this a sci-fi original movie? It, basically. It's actually, uh, it's, it's, it's like iRobot, to be honest with you. But it's a very well-known book, and Spielberg passed it to Michael Bay because he likes him. They've collaborated a ton. Right. Uh, here's what I want from him. I want Robopocalypse. I want to see his big, dumb human uprising against the robot movie. And it's not giant robots. It's like androids. Okay. But then I want to see a smaller movie. I want to see Smaller him, robots? I, yeah. <laughs> Tiny, small soldiers. Mm-hmm. I want to see him take $20 million and make a movie. I want to see a, a Quiet Place type movie. Maybe yes. even a rom-com from Michael Bay. Dude, but that just a seems, rom-com? No. Why not? <sighs> I think right. why not? Because I think we know what he does well. And if he tries to stray from that. No, he, he's like Adam Sandler. When Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, another person who's got caught in a rut and become a parody of themselves. Precisely. Yes. And if you look at the box office success of Adam Sandler, the dumber the movies, the more box office. When he tries to go outside of that with Punch Drunk Love or even Spanglish, he doesn't make very much money. Yeah, but True. then he goes really dumb and like, you know, little Nicky and it just completely. And bummed. it makes oh, it a little Nicky. Yes, but I mean, but I, I understand what you're going for. Yes. And that was a slam on Adam Sandler, not on Michael Bay. So don't kaboom yeah, me. No, no kabooms here. But I wish he, w- I wish he would just leave franchises. I think no more sequels for Michael Bay. I want to see okay. more movies. No more sequels. I want to see movies like The <laughs> no Island. No sequels for you. Where maybe it doesn't need to be a twist every time, but there does need to be a spin with his visual flair because he's very purposeful. 
But I think he should stick to the genre of action. Yes. And, and maybe horror, because horror and action actually go in quite well together. Yeah. So I think action is his bread and butter, though. And I think if he strays too far from that, he's going to lose his audience even more. Because he knows his audience. He just needs to stop making Transformers movies. Someone needs to figure out a way to put Michael Bay with an Oscar-winning screenwriter or something. Because, I mean, for real. Like, yeah, no, and you're I, right. I mean, I mean this 100%. If he had a really quality script, it would be a really awesome movie. If I you, think we like The Rock because the idea of that movie is super cool and yeah, fun. Yes. Bunch of soldiers on Alcatraz yeah. holding hostage. Awesome. But no, pull out the Transformers from his from his repertoire. And what you get is Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, The Island, 13 Hours, Pain and Gain. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. You know, Pretty one, solid. one or two flops there. But yes. still, that's... And, but then it's just because of Transformers. It's become yeah. synonymous with Michael Bay. And that's what well, the point I wanted to bring up today, Your Honor, if I may... Yeah. In defense of my <laughs> in defense of my client Michael Bay, you don't hate Michael Bay movies, you hate Transformers movies. A- absolutely. Ooh. So there's my there's my that was my big line of defense I had to save for the end of the the courtroom scene. Dan, would you like to continue? I don't think you're far off. I think the first Transformers movies is first movie is the best, and because it's the most relatable. When it was a smaller story, he's he's good with with fairly intimate stories and making them. Awesome, for lack of a better word. Awesome is the right word. Your Honor, I have a quote from the man here, Michael Bay. <laughs> Come on out, Mikey. <laughs> and he says, and this sums up what he wants to bring the, the movie-going population. He says, it's the inspiration. It's the inspiration to start to dream. I create a world within my movies for audiences to enjoy. What makes me giddy is the idea to eventually have that complete project to show. He is creating a complete picture and it's in, he knows that he relies on visuals and he, he may not rely on the character or the story as much, but he wants to provide a product and a formula to you for enjoyment. There you go. I could rant after that because sometimes enjoyment <laughs> can get pretty awful and enjoyment's pretty subjective. But I'm candy, cotton candy all the time. Agreed. Agreed. But uh, we think we'll leave it there. We're supposed to be in defense of Michael Bay. I think we've, we've defended him well. We've done what you've asked, listener. We've had our unpleasant conversation. And if I may be completely honest, reading, doing the research for this show mm-hmm. did soften my feelings towards Michael Bay a little bit, where I'm like, you know what? He did have some good hits. And, and I, I hope we did the same thing for everyone listening. We hope so. We hope you, we, we hope you enjoyed it. Let us, know, let us know what you really think of Michael Bay. Like, it's fine if you don't like him. There's there's things not to like about him, but let us know if it, it it's a safe space on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. We won't be mocked. I'm lying. You will be, baby. But there's a place where you can talk about what you like and what you don't like. So let us know. Um, before we close out, though, Dan, uh, anything you want to plug? Anyone you want to shout out to? Anyone you want to say hi to? Uh, no. Being put on the spot like that, I hadn't thought of anybody. I love my wife. Thanks, honey, for... Uh putting the kids to bed so I could come and hang out. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Magic of podcasting. Um, and yeah, we, Jacob, we hope you get feeling better. But yes. uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at 76 Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to meet, read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. And also, if you want to go buy our t-shirts and or merch... Go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and yes. please, please give us a rating or review on iTunes. We like those. Until next time, I am Kent Dunn, and I send this message to any surviving listeners taking refuge among the stars. We are here. We are waiting. 
I'm tapping you on the shoulder. Do you hate this? Do you hate this? I'm like, yes, I hate you. Make us uncomfortable. Let your bay flag fly. When jets are flying over you. I like two and a half star movies. I am a slack-jawed yokel. I think, Dan, you have devolved. So you get up here close. Nuzzle the microphone. So close. Nuzzle, nuzzle, nuzzle. Do I need to Clorox wipe this? They love solar flares. He's really good at propaganda. I like Michael Bay movies, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I know. I'm just having issues. Joel, kaboom. Be a little more positive, please. I, uh, bowel issues. But All kaboom. right, you do it. Kaboom? That was a kaboom? It's a kaboom. This show's going to be so full of kaboom. That was a kaboom. Him, his shirt flapping in the wind as he's running. It's like, woo, Will Smith. Every shot is a hero shot with him. No, this is rant time. This is my time. I'm sorry. This is my time down here. That vein really comes out of your forehead when you do that, too. It's because of the Oreo shake. Kaboom. Kaboom. This is a dumb joke. Kaboom. I'm sorry. What was that? Nothing. I was happy. Nolan Kent. Oh, yeah. I've never wondered what a car looks like when it pees on something. I really, really don't care. He knows he's going to have the beautiful women and the beautiful men doing beautiful things. Marvel has a formula that works, and I think they borrowed it from Michael Bay. That's, actually, I'm going to kaboom myself on yeah, that one. <laughs> you said they want to marry and have the Transformer babies. I, I was more of a deep impact kind of guy. I only borrowed your Humvee. Am I getting uh, emotional in an action movie? You can't she- perv out on the end of Bacon Sale. <laughs> that was the shot that solidified it all for 15 and 16 year old boys. And 26 year old. Kaboom with my heart, okay? Kent oh. loves Michael Bay now. <laughs> and yet you launched the good ship Kenty Pop. Winners say they'll try. Losers stay home and date the prom queen. 